Hi everybody, this is Jim Barton and I'm here with Reverend Abigail Conley and this is another episode of Bloody Mary Bible Brunch. So we're going to talk today about, uh, we're continuing our series on death in the Bible and this time we're talking about those who evaded death. And so just for the overall context, we started off this series by talking about when does life begin because you have to have life before you can have death. And then we switched over to, now we're going to talk about the people who, the characters in Scripture who seem to have evaded death altogether. And the first candidate on our list is Elijah, and I know that Abby has a sweet spot, a soft spot for Elijah, so I'm going to let her tell that story. I do. So Elijah is, again, the prophet of all prophets. He's the big deal guy, and after he does a lot of really cool things in his life, um, it is time for him to go to heaven. And so he's clear that he's at the end of his ministry. Things are ending. Um, there's this younger prophet named Elisha who has come and said, Hey, can I receive a double portion of your spirit? And he's like, Well, if you see the moment I leave earth, I'm taken into heaven, yes, but otherwise, no. So he goes on a journey out into the middle of nowhere, and Elisha follows him. And um, a chariot, a fiery chariot with horsemen, comes down and swoops up Elijah, and his cloak falls to the ground. Elisha picks it up, and by taking his mantle is able to perform miracles just as Elijah was. Passing the mantle literally comes from this whole story. But he disappears. The chariot and the horsemen <coughs> take him away, and Elijah is gone. Um, they also spend several days looking for him. Where on earth could he possibly be? And they, of course, don't find him. And so from this story, we get... A couple. It's interesting. It's interesting how it's in our vocabulary. Like you said, the mantle mm -hmm. that comes from from Elijah. Chariots of fire. Mm -hmm. You know, swing low, sweet chariot. I mean, that's a, that's the idea. Yeah. That's that's all from this. It's a very rich. It's kind of funny. We'll talk about a couple of stories that we talk about today. Uh, Cain is another one that we get a lot of stories from. Mm -hmm. So, in any case, um, um, that all comes out of Elijah. Now, you said he takes him up to heaven. Mm -hmm. What do we mean by heaven? So that's where like heaven is above. And yeah, like the heavens. The heavens, and at that time would have been above is the dwelling place of God, but not in the, you know, not in the, like, hey, God throne kind of our idea. This is literally where God dwells. Like, right. there's a dome, it parts, that's right. the way you would get up there. So, like, when you say up, it's heaven, but, like, you know, this isn't the, like, hey, we know the moon's up there. Right, heavens. right. And I think... Um, and, and we talked about, like, not everyone, the notion of most people, we'll talk about this in other episodes, but the, the, the thing about these guys is they leave earth and they, and they go be with God. Right. Um, the next person that um, we have just a little fragment of in our Bible is Enoch. And um, Enoch, um, it's, it's said, is it, so basically it talks about the first humans and then it kind of runs through a genealogy and it sort of stops in the middle of the genealogy in Genesis and says that, Enoch walked with God. It actually says that a couple of times in the five scriptures, five verses we have. And then it says that after he lived 65 years and he gave birth to his son Methuselah, who you might know from being the oldest man, and then he lived 300 more years, he walked with God, and then he was um, taken up to God. And he so, was no more because yeah, God took him. I mean, it he was, that's right. He was no more because God took him. Right. It doesn't say where. Right. That, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. The Hebrew has, it doesn't say where. Right. And God like there him. are definitely places where they argue that like the particular ways that is worded means that like took him elsewhere. So like picked him up and took him. 
right. not to necessarily heaven to be with God, but to some other place on the earth. Interesting. And there are places that that verb is used to mean someone died, too. Right. So, um, but we know from extra-biblical sources particularly that the myth was certainly that Enoch was a special pre-diluvian. That's a fancy word for cocktail parties, meaning before the deluge or before the flood. He was a special pre-diluvian person. And Abby, you said you did a little bit of reading up on that. I did. So um, you mentioned the other books that are, don't exist in our canon. They actually are not part of like a Catholic canon either. So when we talk about Apocrypha, when we talk about 1st, 2nd, and 3rd Enoch, we're really talking about like way off the beaten path. You have to get to the versions of Christianity that have 300 books before they're part of canon. So they're all three short books. Um, they've been known about for a long time. They were translated by the early 20th century. Um, they're actually, those are easily accessible online for free. So you can go and read them if you're looking for a little side story. Um, they do talk about kind of the ideas that were forming during Jesus' time about there is an afterlife, there is a heaven and hell. Um, that. 1917 translation definitely includes the word tribulation, which was an idea that was developing right around that time. So exactly why is up for grabs, but it is there. So you get these kind of formative ideas. If you're going to write a horror story, a horror movie, that would be a good source material maybe too, right? Because of the cosmic right. battles. There are watchers who are taking care of everything and angels and... Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. It's worth it to read through. All right. So that's Enoch. Mm -hmm. um, also, I guess I forgot to mention that Enoch pops up in um, Peter. No, no, in uh, Hebrews, Hebrews and, and Jude. Yeah. So the New Testament people were really. We last year we talked about um, stuff from Enoch and this question about the sex with angels. Yeah. Uh, uh, episode. So. And all of those first, second, and third Enoch were written around the time of Jesus. One of them maybe as late as fifth century, but two of them right around the time. So this is clearly formative, not just not just of the New Testament or like Christians, but of what's happening in the religious landscape and right. probably why their names made it into Hebrews and Jude. Right, right. Okay, so these two, very, I feel pretty confident they escaped death. They, they did, neither Elijah nor Enoch died. Mm -hmm. That seems pretty solid. Um, next one is Moses. Now right away folks are going to say, hold up, Jim. Moses dies for sure in chapter 34 of Deuteronomy, which is true. So there's a chapter 34 of where it does say that Moses dies. We all know he doesn't get to the promised land. He can see the promised land, right? But except for in 34.6, there's some weirdness with the Hebrew, right? And there's some weirdness with the Hebrew and with the tradition and with all of those things. Because it kind of seems like God may be off Moses. Right. So one option is that maybe God killed Moses. Right. Which, frankly, God did say he wasn't going to let Moses live to see the promised land, so yeah. not ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, also, the, 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 the verb makes it hard to know um, who buried Moses. Yes. One option is God buried Moses. Right. This is the whole why your English teacher didn't like passive sentence structure. Right. Because it is not so-and-so buried Moses. It was Moses was buried. And what I think is the weirdest idea is that maybe Moses buried himself. Yeah. I think that's really special because my dad, when he was teaching Old Testament in uh, a small college in Indiana, it was not so small, Ball State, um, but he had a kid who was fighting with him over the JEPD authorship uh -huh. and said that I thought that Moses wrote these. And God's, and dad said, you, you know Moses dies at the end of these books. And the, the kid said, well, maybe Joshua picked it up just to that fast last little bit. 
So he thought, but really, if he had been smart, he would have said, well, actually, I think Moses may have buried himself. I don't see any reason why he couldn't have finished the book on his way under. Right. Anyway. All right. So, so the reason why we're playing all these games with the verb tense and, and passive voice and reflexive verbs with Moses is because Moses is in the transfiguration. Right. So there is this idea that Moses somehow continues forward and is part of physical reality. Um, the transfiguration is a weird story where all of a sudden Jesus goes up on a mountain, there he has changed, and then Moses and Elijah are there with him. But the people who are there with him are like, hey, let's build tents, let's stick in this place. It doesn't seem like it's merely a dream. This seems like yeah, they a see physical it. reality. It's not like the, uh, sometimes you can't tell from the baptism when G God says, this is my son, right. him, is he talking to just does only Jesus see it or does everyone see it? Right. This is... This, everyone sees it. Right. Also, interesting, I mean, um, Elijah had a special relationship walking with God. Moses had a special relationship interacting with God, seeing maybe not the face of God, but like... I think at the end actually does say, describe Moses as someone who stood face to face with God. Um, and so that idea that Jesus' face would be glowing and transfigured is interesting. Yeah. Um, one of your faves, because I know how much you love the Jesus Seminar, Croson um, really thinks that, uh, that the, the transfiguration was the resurrection story. And that then, because that became awkward, because of the way it ended, it didn't help with bodily resurrection, that they had to then revamp it, and so they pushed it back. So he thinks the transfiguration was Mark's resurrection story, and then they had to relocate it. I don't know. I, haven't, I, didn't I mean, I am it. a fan of the Jesus Seminar for the fact that if you needed a few minutes delay in your 8 a.m. class, yeah. just brought it up with my New Testament <laughs> professor. You bought your friend some time. You had a solid few minutes. It worked. All right. So that's very good. Okay. So Moses, I mean, Moses' death is not ordinary. That We can for sure say Moses' death is not ordinary. Mm -hmm. To say that Moses escaped death I mean, that's a that's tough a sell from the Christian Bible. Um, but anyway, all right. Then we move to, now, now, we're, now we're, we're getting a little bit more attenuated. I wanted to talk about Cain because Cain, first off, talk about a rich set of like, am I my brother's keeper? That comes from Cain. Right. Mark of Cain comes from Cain. Cain settles in the land of Nod, which is Nod is wandering. So he mm -hmm. settles in the land of wandering. So Cain walks the earth. I mean, that's like chock full of, I mean, this is in, this is like a, I don't know, a hundred verses total, maybe, to describe yeah. Cain. Yeah. All right. The My brother's blood cries out. Your brother's yeah, blood from cries the out ground. from the ground. So all of that Cain and Abel. So the mark of Cain is what? Because we now talk about the mark of Cain as that sometimes people use that as if it's like in uh, Les Mis, Jean Valjean says, you know, I bear the mark of Cain, and that's why they don't hire him because he has this. But what is it really? It is something that says to everyone around them, don't hurt this person or you will get hurt. That's right. That's and, all we know. And we know, right. We, we have talked about other traditions that maybe have interpreted that in a bad way, but they've taken it back, and so we're not going to go into that. I actually, interestingly, some of the other traditions that have taught that fully, that was very much within Restoration Movement as yeah. a whole. So, like, I grew up with that narration. Well, the Restoration Movement and the Church of Latter-day Saints have the a lot same. of overlap. They, they, they started in the same Almost place. the same, yeah. No, they, out of New York, there's a whole bunch of polity there, but yeah. So, so in any case, um, that's nonsense. That the mark of Cain would have some racial implication is well, stupid. The, the other thing that I actually have had tossed back is like, 
now that we know what we know, it is much more likely that humans evolved from people with dark skin. So the mark of Cain was actually white people, and so. Oh, there you go. Just yeah. flip it around. Yeah, flip it around. All right. Um, whatever it is, it's a mark of protection, mm-hmm. which is interesting because because he because God's like, I'm going to kick you away. You're going to live away from me. And Cain's like, I can't bear the burden. You just killed your brother. That's a kind of a ballsy thing. But in any game. So um, God says, I'll give you this special mark to keep you safe. It doesn't really say that it protects him from being killed. It just says that if you kill him, he'll, he'll, God will return seven times. Right. This is about Cain's very much like, you're sending me out to be killed, essentially. You're yes. not killing me. Yeah. You're just sending me out. And so he gives him the mark of protection. In the Bible, it doesn't describe Cain's death, but it also doesn't describe the death of any of the little mini genealogy in chapter 4 of Genesis. It doesn't... Right. Lamech is his uh, great-grandson, great-great-grandson. He also kills someone and he says if Cain would be killed by seven I would be killed by seven times seventy it's a weird boast and um, and he doesn't die he's not he's not described as dying either so I think that probably Cain is not is not a candidate I, I think for like apocalyptic fiction he's a good candidate to sort of as a, like a as a like a tragic immortal I think it's a neat so if somebody's writing a book I think they should jump on it but yeah. um, all right and then the last one I want to talk about is Jesus did Jesus escape death? Jesus did not escape death. The tradition is very, very, very clear. Yeah. Jesus did not escape death. The whole point is that Jesus dies. Right. And so there are actually even um, some very significant things that are told in the Bible that are meant to tell us, like, he's really, really dead. The um, the being stabbed in the side and, like, water and blood running separately there used to be there, there is some medical thing that like has to happen for that to be true so like people talk about like that ha- that, this is a sign that, that Jesus means is he's really dead. dead that's right. like they said the EKG went flat right um, three days right three means days he's dead. in Greco in the Greek society means yeah. spirit has even left the body right like this isn't just you're kind of dead your soul is coming around if something right. really good happens like you're really really dead he's not mostly dead to use uh, uh, Princess Bride right this telling you Wizard of Oz he's not only merely dead he's really most sincerely dead really most sincerely dead yes alright alright before you sang it I guess you're just going to go with I'm the spoken gonna, yeah, alright that's yeah, fine okay so I think that's interesting we have all these characters we have uh, two that we feel very confident I think Moses is a, is a whatever um, are they like Upnapishtim who is from the Sumerian myth so Upnapishtim and his wife, which only gets referred to as his wife because patriarchy is old and strong. Right. We should point out here that Jim has a son who very much loves all of these things. Yes. And so he has probably heard more about these narratives than he would like to. <laughs> but it comes in handy well, in I would say that like I this. wouldn't like to, but yes, that's probably accurate. So um, um, this is a guy who survives the flood, which is interesting. Another thing about Enoch, it's an interesting thing, right? Because So Upnapishtim uh, survived, found a way to outsmart the flood that was brought about which is the same I mean it's a very 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 similar story <laughs> I mean yeah. um, um, and they obviously are from the same place I mean there's too much in, in common with them to not be um, but Noah does not become immortal right Upnapishtim does become immortal and in fact lives on earth forever um, um, Gilgamesh actually goes to try and find the secret of Upnapishtim to, so he can become immortal um, after Enkidu his, his friend dies or whatever so the, the, the point being that Upnapishtim is immortal none of Elijah or Enoch or Moses are immortal no they all have finite life and it is clear that it is not when they do leave they leave like yeah. that is that is part of the finitude that they don't get to stick around earth even in some other 
sort of way. Right. Um, which is its own kind of strange, strange thing within context. Um, yeah. That you do have local narratives that say they forever, they the people stick around forever, that they're granted right. immortality. Right. It doesn't happen here. And I think, and in fact, in Genesis, when we're talking about the creation and we're talking about gods, like, you can't have humans living forever. So really baked into the Hebrew notion is that life is finite. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a real part of our tradition. I think we see in Christianity this other notion of conquering death, which is why it's so important that Jesus did die. Jesus wasn't taken up in a chariot of fire. Right. Jesus, you know, born of a virgin, suffered, died on the cross, for three days, Rose again on the third, third day, day in fulfillment of the scriptures. You know. And he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right, right. hand of the Father. And come again to judge the living and the dead. Right. You like, need all is, that. Right. You need the whole thing. And so um, so Christians then take a different attitude towards death. Right. And with that, the death that Jesus suffered was actual death. What happened afterwards, we'll talk about later, but not merely resuscitation. Jesus has changed right. after that. Right. And so even death in this case did in fact end something right it ended the jesus they knew it, right that next jesus definitely bore all these characteristics right but there was an end which it did not happen for the ones who escaped death right so escaping death is distinct from what jesus experienced but it's also i think it's also very distinct from immortality from Uknapishtu or hercules or any any of those other um characters of the time right and Our, I would add the one thing too, even with the characters who escape death, all that that, what it does is actually leave open the continuation of what they did in their life. So like mm-hmm. Moses and Elijah get in this place, we can continue this work. It is not a shift, it isn't a change, it is only that understanding of like, yes, the work that we did as these exact mortal people is the work that we were called to do. And that matters right. too. Yes. You don't get cooler because you didn't you escaped that's death. right that's right that's like, right and and I guess and another thing was that we when we'll talk about this more too is that most people would not it wasn't like the half the people went to heaven or something right like most people expect, expected a nothingness at the end on the Sheol which is not super bad not super it's a it's a whatever it's a kind of gray yeah. chilling out right eternal place so all right. Well, I think that's great. Um, so now we have uh, now we're prepped um, to next time we'll start really talking about what the Bible has to say about death specifically, um, uh, and then we'll continue that on. So um, thanks for listening, and until next time, cheers. <laughs>